0: This is episode 11 of the Get In My Garden podcast, and this is Aaron Moskowitz. This episode is about snail farming, and I share some of the very interesting facts I've learned about snails as food, rules about snail farming in the United States, plus snails as the subject of research and as ingredients in miraculous health products. Snail farming, also known as heliciculture, has a long history going back thousands of years. The business opportunities today are real. Snails are a sustainable protein, very much bioavailable to humans with anti-inflammatory properties. Recently, I learned about a really cool farm business located on Long Island. Another millennial, someone who used to work in the restaurant industry at a very famous restaurant, something like a Michelin star restaurant, noticed that there were no fresh escargot snails available in the United States. So he ended up going through this long and arduous process to get certified by the USDA in order to farm the snails and then sell them to restaurants. So it turns out that that process took three years and he is the only USDA-certified snail farm in the entire United States. He's shipping them all over the Northeast. He's shipping them to now to the Midwest, and also he'll do two-day air anywhere in the United States, which is a big change from what was available a few short years ago when all chefs were either wild harvesting them themselves, potentially working with very, very small farms, within their state because the law said that snail farmers couldn't cross state lines with their snails, or they were uh, using the very common frozen snails, which oftentimes are grown in eastern Europe or other parts of Europe, sometimes even Africa, or the worst case is that they were using canned snails, which apparently don't taste very good. So the texture is affected by canned snails, the texture is affected in frozen snails too. So now this one guy in New York only. Fresh, unfrozen snails. They are still not alive, but they are fresh. That is really cool, and I tried to get him on the podcast, and it turns out that he wasn't available, and it seems like not interested in giving away his secrets on how he got certified. There are some smaller operations around the United States, but literally only a handful. One man in Washington state has a very small operation, but he still freezes his snails to be sold within the state of Washington. So I'm not really sure about why that is. The snail industry is a huge industry. It's actually worth at least $12 billion annually around the world. Now in the United States, that number peaked at $250 million in the 1980s, but they're making a comeback. In the United States, they're growing more popular and they're featured at more and more restaurants. In Europe, they've always been popular. We know that humans have been eating snails for over 30,000 years because the shells have been found with archaeological sites in northwest Spain, and I suspect that we've been eating them all along because they're just so easy to harvest. The snails are everywhere. In Europe, they're much less strict about snail farming, so there are some very, very big farms, and they've also been doing it There's a culture of growing snails that goes back to Roman times. They know exactly what to feed the snails, to make them taste the right way. Um, They know exactly how to clean them, how to make sure that their meat is the right texture. And these are things that I guess they've been guarding as secrets because nobody in the United States has been able to really figure it out except for just a handful of people. I brought this up because I feel like it's an awesome, awesome potential business for almost anyone in the United States with farmland. Apparently in Ireland, uh, yes, it is moderate climate and it's very, very verdant, uh, but snail farming can bring in 50,000, the equivalent of $50,000 in just one acre. So that's one acre that you could, you would need per head of cattle. So basically we're talking a few thousand dollars versus up to $50,000 if you have a successful snail farm. The numbers add up, and in the United States, there is a huge market for these snails. There's definitely a learning curve and not very many people who want to share their knowledge. The first step, of course, is to get some breeding snails or some baby snails, but that's easier said than done because the USDA has made it very difficult in the United States. So, unless you can find someone within your state to sell you the baby snails, you're on your own. You're going to have to you're going to have to forage for them. And if you lived near the rainforest, as the man in Washington state does, he was able to, over a period of one year with the help of several other people, collect over 10,000 snails to start with, and over the years, he's continued to take them in uh, when people collected them out of their gardens or whatnot, and then from that, he was able to grow a small business. So how many snails would it actually take to fill up one acre? The answer is twenty-five 000 to 30,000 breeder snails. So snails do sound disgusting, and frankly, growing up by the ocean, having eaten clams and mussels and gooey ducks and all these other things, I was never really into them. I, the flavor is good in soup. But the texture never appealed to me. From what I understand, and not being a snail eater myself, snails have a very similar mollusky gummy texture. But when they're fresh, it really helps them remain tender and more edible. Apparently snails are just absolutely delicious if made properly. And if you start with fresh snails, as they do in Europe, you're going to create a very delicious dish. The other thing that snails produce is caviar. Apparently, snail caviar goes for $95 an ounce, which is a lot of money. And I don't know much about the flavor, but it's very, very, very healthy for you. And snails themselves have about 80% water, 15% protein, and 5% very healthy fats. So they have the same omega-3 fats that deep sea cold water fish, the, the kind of fish that people supplement their diet with, the fish oil pills. This is contained in snails. Humans have been eating snails, as I said, For we have proof that we've been eating them for 30,000 years. Now, the culture in Rome was also that they were very, very prized. They had an economy for producing snails there very successfully, and anybody could forage for snails. So everybody in the Roman society probably was eating snails, but the wealthy really were the people who were supporting those mass production farms that existed in Roman times. They loved their snails. And the Roman army would give each person 100 snails as a ration every day, along with a few other things. I don't know too many more details about that, but that is what I read. Ooh, and another interesting fact about snails is that they have two brain neuron cells, and with only two brain cells, they're able to make decisions. It's just two neurons in the brain of snails that hold the key to explaining how complex behavioral decisions are made. In a study at the University of Sussex... Uh, Scientists were able to use freshwater snails and understand how a circuit comprising of just two neurons can drive a sophisticated form of decision-making. They discovered a controller-type neuron, which lets the snail's brain know potential food is present, and a second neuron, which transmits signals telling snail's brain what its motivational state is, for instance, if it's hungry or not. They also figured out that the system created by the neurons enables the snails to save energy by reducing brain activity when food is not found. This will eventually help us design brains for robots based on the principle of using the fewest possible components necessary to perform complex tasks. For the geeks out there, quite interesting. And it makes me have more respect for snails. So another thing besides eating snails and researching them is that snails are a huge part of the cosmetic industry. This is really interesting and probably... a uh, potentially huge market for American snail farmers as well. So what this cosmetic industry is looking for is the snail slime, and it is packed with nutrients. It has, excuse me if I pronounce these words wrong, but hyaluronic acid, glycoprotein, proteoglycans, and antimicrobial and copper peptides, all of which are commonly used in beauty products and proven to be beneficial for the skin. So these elements help to protect the snail's skin from damage, from infection, from dryness, and from UV rays. Cosmetic snail slime is normally harvested from lab grown garden snails. Uh, The genus is Cornu aspersum, which is considered an agricultural pest. So this is, of course, part of the reason why it's so difficult to start a snail snail farm and that guy in New York, who was able to get USDA certified after three years of massive effort. Uh, That's probably why he is not interested in talking about his secret, because I think anywhere in the United States, if they figured out how to do that too, they'd probably realize that there is quite a large market here. So anyway, back to the snails and their anti-aging properties. Okay, the mucin helps stimulate the formation of collagen and elastin, protecting skin from free radicals soothing skin, repairing damaged tissue, and restoring hydration. Sounds perfect for all the people who are buying all that crap to remain youthful. Uh, it can it can be used to treat your dry skin, your wrinkles, your stretch marks, your acne, your rosacea, your age spots, your burns, your scars, your razor bumps, even your warts. So obviously, this is some special miraculous stuff, and no wonder it's used in so many products. But I don't think most people realize that it's in there. Oh, and in, in Thailand, they have actual spas dedicated to live snails. So they take live snails and they let them just kind of slide around your face and give you fresh uh, snail slime all over. Uh, Sounds very delightful. (laughs) Oh, and something very interesting that I figured out is that the snails, because they do have different parasites, people who are farming them use ozonated water to kill the parasites, and then the seven days the seven days prior to harvesting them, they will just feed them, for instance, one thing, like a carrot, and then as soon as the carrot has passed through the digestive system, they know that the food has left their digestive tract, which can obviously be disgusting and affect the flavor. So they'll do that, or they'll fast the snails for up to a week. Now, the snail slime industry, for just the slime, they used to have to kill the snails. And just recently in Europe some genius has figured out that they can put these snails in these kind of heated bubbles. They look just like the biodome or something, but miniature. So they put maybe like several hundred snails in this round, clear plastic thing, and they heat it up like a hot yoga for snails. And the snails will just sweat, 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 and all the slime will just accumulate at the bottom and then they'll harvest it and it doesn't affect the snails. They don't cook them, they just heat them up a little bit and increase the humidity. So now they've got a sustainable way to harvest snail slime. But nobody in the United States has a snail slime like a natural snail slime product. I feel like that's a gigantic opportunity for anybody who's listening to podcast who is looking for is looking for a really unique Business. There are so many lotions and soaps and things sold at the farmers market, lots of goat milk products, but maybe the snail slime could take some of these products to the next level. Hmm. So, snails have been coveted for ages. Literally, the ancient Greeks and the famous physician Hippocrates reportedly prescribed crushed snails and sour milk to cure inflammation in his patients. The use of snail cream started more recently when Chilean farmers who were handling snails for the French market noticed their skin was visibly smoother. I don't have any snail cream, I don't have any snail products, and I haven't even tasted snails yet, but I'm very much intrigued by the fact that there are thousands of people who are small farmers who are not even making $10,000 a year, which is not even a living wage in the United States, and they are persistently farming, but they haven't found the right thing. So, snails are potentially a huge market. There, there are hundreds of millions of dollars of snails being purchased in the United States. Restaurants are using them more and more, and the market is definitely growing. So, if, if it's just for farming them for meat, I think that's a really sustainable and profitable product, and because of the loops you have to jump through to get this thing going, Uh, A lot of people will not be interested in doing that. But I think it's actually getting easier because somebody actually accomplished it. And even if you were to just do a small scale operation within the state lines, the opportunity could be very big. Then, of course, nobody in the United States that I can find is actually producing the snail slime or creating products out of it at this time. So if you're listening, let me know what you think. And maybe in the next few months, I'll be able to actually get a snail farmer to give me an interview. Thanks for listening and if you haven't already go to iTunes to subscribe and leave positive feedback that helps a lot and if you want to be on the newsletter where in the future I'll be featuring products that I love and giving them away to one person a week you can do that at getinmygarden.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and just put in your email and your name also send me an email if you have if you have ideas for future episodes or you want to give me feedback on how I can improve this podcast which I'm hopefully doing every week also the podcast is available now on not only iTunes but Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud, and a few others. Please share it on your social media if you like a specific episode and catch you next week.